Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Goodbye, University. I'm laughing uh, because this is our monthly LOA business call, but... um. And the topic is based on spring fever. We're having snow right now in Salt Lake wow. City. <laughs> but the typical Utah spring, right? Nancy knows this. <laughs> it be sunny in one hour and snow the next. Uh, let's just get a quick hello from everyone before we dive into today's topic. I know Nancy's here. Hello, Nancy. Hi, and uh, Jeanette and everybody on the call. Good to be here. Oh, I'm glad to hear you for this conversation. Is that Julie B. that I heard? It- is I'm here. I'm here. Woo, woo. Oh, we'll be so happy to have your take on our topic today. Thanks for being Thanks. here, Julie. And I know Elaine's dialed in. Yes. Hello, everyone. We're so lucky that you're here instead of at yoga. Thanks, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Right on. And Cindy Chavez is dialed in. Hello. Hello. Uh, wow. I just love this call already. <laughs> We've got many other uh, callers as well. I, a lot of them I don't recognize, but I know Guillaume is here. How are you, my friend? I'm very good. Thank you, Jeanette. Hi, everyone. So we we did daylight savings change yesterday, but have you are you ahead of us or behind us for changing time, Guillaume? Um, we're we're change we're turning the rest of Europe ten o'clock forward on on Easter Sunday. Gotcha. All right then. Yeah. We... So, so does that mean? A smaller time difference for you and I, or a yeah. bigger one? Um, yeah. So um, let me see if it's I'm four hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time now until next oh, next Sunday. Good. So it's not so late for you. Yay! Yeah. Well, eight o'clock now. <laughs> uh, anyone else want to say hi? Ming is here. Ming is here. Yay! Hi, Ming. Ming. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Fabulous. Paige well, is we... here. It, it was that Paige. No, I'm sorry, this is AJ. AJ's tuned in. Oh, AJ. Yay, nice to hear you. Thanks for joining us, AJ. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, in chat room, I see Nancy says Stephanie is tuned in. Stephanie Hi, Tyler. everyone. It's here. Yay. Oh, my gosh. Well, thanks for joining this party today, everyone. I'd love for this to be a really interactive call with um, lots of discussion, questions, comments, tips, stories. So feel free to chime in whenever you've got um, a burning thought to share. But I'll set the stage for what I wanted to bring. So uh, it's March, and I've been hearing from – I actually hear this year-round, but it seems like I'm hearing it more this time of year, where people seem to get a little nervous that – Doing what they love most is really going to get them the results that they want at work when good weather hits and we want to get out and either work in the garden or go up in the canyon, take the dogs on a walk, um, where we want to do the sorts of things that aren't, they might not seem like in muggle world, they're conducive to creating success in our business, 
but um, but conscious creators have a different understanding, a different relationship with action and results. Even though we know this, I still hear from entrepreneurs especially, sometimes from employees as well. <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, just a week ago today, actually, one of my good friends that I hadn't seen in forever showed up Monday morning in my driveway saying, let's go for a dog walk. <laughs> and we were having fabulous weather, and he wanted to go drive up the canyon. The canyon we didn't get to go to, Julie, when you were here, because it had just had the oh, right. But, um, yeah, he he – the reason I'm bringing this topic, because it's not unusual, even for those of us who understand the relationship between energy and results, to question – how much work is required in order to get what we want? And some of the, the things that I hear go like, oh, the entrepreneurs who are trained to believe that if they don't hustle, if they're not doing the work, if they're not being productive, nothing's going to happen. Like, you know, we're supposed to be working 80-plus hour work weeks. I'm sure there are some employees who experience that too, but it seems like self-employed or business owners especially uh, have that one drilled into them. And and some question that following their bliss is actually a smart path to walk when we want to create results in our business because sometimes our bliss isn't calling us to work so that's really what i wanted us to discuss today considering it's spring fever time as well as national napping day did you guys know that march 14th i saw that on facebook today so, um, isn't that every day, though? Really? I mean, <laughs> it is. I'm in my world. Well, I can already tell. I'm talking with a different crowd here who would uh, be able to celebrate naps every day. So, you, can you guys relate? I mean, certainly we know that people who who aren't savvy creators believe that we know we know muggles. I don't know what else to call them, but we know that. Of course, they think that if they don't make it happen, it's not going to happen, that they've got to do the work and pay their dues before they can expect results. But conscious creators understand it differently, and yet trusting that can sometimes be challenging. Have you guys seen that with fellow creators or even in your own experience? Yes, definitely. Elaine, do you want to elaborate a little bit for us? Well, you and I have been talking about it, actually, how, you know, when I'm focusing on, you know, my vibrational work and, and doing what I'm feeling guided to do and when I'm what I'm feeling guided to do is uh, to play around here on GVU instead of maybe reaching out to potential clients, I sit here and I wonder, gee, is this the best, really the best use of my time? Mm. But I'm doing what I'm being guided to do. So, But that's not what we're taught. So I struggle with that dichotomy. Mm. That's a good point, Elaine. In fact, you're making me think of something I just heard from Abraham in a recent workshop recording where, uh, oh, how did it go? Someone was asking about action and not getting results. Oh, and Abraham used the example of if when you take – notice what energy you're flowing when you take action because if you were to hire someone, for example – from a place of overwhelm or frustration, you will not have a positive hiring experience versus if you were to hire someone from a place of delight and joy and pleasure, that you have a very different experience when you hire that person versus when you're coming from that place of overwhelm or frustration. 
And I, I like that reminder that it isn't what we do that matters most. It's the energy that we're coming from that matters most. So the first thing for us to do is to make sure that we are flowing the energy that allows the results that we want. And frankly, I think that in itself sums up why it is so powerful for us to practice following your bliss. Because when we are in that blissful state, when we are allowing that joy to be what we live, what we prioritize, what we follow, we're in that vibrational state that allows more joyful things to unfold in our 3D results. And yet, I hear from people um, consistently that it's tough for them to trust that, that they can really believe. And then that, that actually leads the question, well, if it's hard for you to believe, if a person isn't sure, if they're nervous about doing what feels best, then what will they create? Because from that place of nervousness or doubt or fear, I don't think you can trust the formula to work the way it's promised. Um, in conscious creation world. Do you guys know what I mean, or is that, does that make any sense? That makes perfect yeah, sense. sense. Yeah. I think this is Nancy, and I think that the people that I see that struggle with this the most are those who are employed. You know, they're in an office around other people, and they have to look busy. You know? Oh, it's even, awful. Even when they don't feeling. feel like it. In there. <laughs> Oh, that. it's awful. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I've so, been there, done that. Yeah, does Julie, do you have any hints for people who are in that situation? Yes, put headphones on and listen to music. And just <laughs> stare at your computer. Really, it's just, I know it's all, I had to do it for that year when I first moved here. And I was just such a zombie. And... um but I'm trying to think. What did I do? That that really helped me was just put headphones on and listen to music and, you know, talk to myself. And um, it's just so much better. In fact, when we were talking about naps, I'm sitting here, here still on top of my bed in my lounging clothes with my two laptops around me doing my work. This is so much better way for me to work and get stuff done. I... I want to speak to that, Julie, because I had a similar experience when when my the structure of my job moved from having a local manager who was looking over my shoulder all the time versus yeah. when I, I got a new job and had a manager who was out of state and no one around me knew what I did or what I was supposed to be doing. So Perfect. I had no oversight whatsoever. Yeah, I got crazy Perfect. productive and successful on that job yeah. where I wasn't trying to – you know, jump through anyone's hoops because they weren't measuring, they weren't watching. I could just do what felt best. And that included coming in late and leaving early and a lot of chatting at other colleagues' and, cubicles, and like did goofing you, off. And, did you, and were you successful? I was very – well, I I can't say I was – I was very successful for the time that I was there. I was only there for right. a matter of months. I didn't even finish the year out because – I realized, go do this for your own business, Jeanette. Right. <laughs> I trusted it enough that I, I was willing to rely on um, being able to make a living with my own. On your own. At that right. point. But it was so, I was more effective. I was, I everything went better when I wasn't trying to. Absolutely. It makes such a huge difference. My boss was with me last week. We were up in Seattle on, on business calls, two great appointments. And I'm 177% ahead of goal for this quarter, 
So I closed out. I mean, just having great success last year. And he said to me, he goes, Julie, I don't care if you work 10 hours a week. Just keep doing what you're doing. And that is just so nice for me to hear. Just, I don't care if you work 10 hours a week. I'm like, well, that is perfect so for me. Let's, let's talk about the freedom that employees <laughs> do have that they might not realize. Because the way we're talking about this, Julie, it makes it sound like, well, it all depends on your boss. But in – I, in fact, I have this listed on one of the five myths that I wanted to, to bring to the call today, the five myths that hold up our professional success. Five okay. on my list is that I'm not in charge, right, that clients or bosses won't approve or allow of my goofing off. I think that's a myth because we are making all of this up, and if we believe that we can't because of such and such or this reason or that reason, so shall it be. But if we change our minds, I think we can manifest our own freedom to do really what serves us and our job best. Right. But well, there's I didn't actually practice that. Well, there's self-imposed limitations, right? And then there's certainly – and Nancy and I have had this discussion going on for probably three years now, more than that. I think when I was still at American Express and living in Dallas, which was – I know that I'm successful, but I don't have the same metrics that my boss does, say that leadership does, because they think, boy, 75, I mean, somebody put out, when I was at this annual meeting, 150 calls a week, and we all laughed. There's no way that I'm going to make 150 calls a week. That's just, that's unproductive. I'll make maybe 10 to 20 calls a week on strategic, targeted audience that I want. You know, and so I'll spend my time doing some research, and then make, and then my calls are very effective, so I don't have a huge pipeline. But the pipeline that I do have, probably 75% of it will close. So to me, that's just I think you just have to learn where your strengths are. Well, and, and, and that's uh, also leveraging the universe, right? I mean, oh, you're doing less totally. work and getting more results. Totally, totally LOA sales. I mean, I'm telling you, I will go to LinkedIn. The person I want to take to, I'll pull them up on LinkedIn, see their picture, and go, oh, yeah, we're going to meet. I do that. I just start having a conversation with them. And so, and eventually I meet them. And it's like, we've already known each other. And then the relationship's great. So nice to finally meet you. You know, it's great. It's fun. Nancy, I, I love what you're saying in chat room that that you said, it's a numbers game is quite a story. That's making me want to read a blog post. Like, yeah. it's not a numbers game. It's a vibration game, right? I Correct. mean, because that's how it really works. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I hear when um, Julie is telling her story of, oh, we got to make 150 calls a week or you're not going to be able to make it, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's, that comes from the old paradigm of you got to work hard, you got to keep at it, you, right. you know, just keep plugging, even if it's frustrating, keep going, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and I think we just have to look at the stories we tell our, ourselves. And it's like, you know, I'm thinking back to the call that you had with, Joanna, a week ago, um, it was a coaching call, and she was talking about, you know, I want to get out of the job and blah, blah, blah. But then as she got into the conversation, she really actually did appreciate that job. And there were a lot of things about it she actually really liked and enjoyed. And I think that um, no matter what you want to do, and we've talked about this before, if you want to make a change, you have to find things that you love about where you are right now. Mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you move because if you move with the energy of I hate this, it drives me nuts, I can't stand this, this bothers me, that bothers me, they're preventing me from doing this or preventing me from doing that, you're just going to take that energy with you to the next job. So 
So whether you love your job or you're lukewarm about it, probably the the key to, you know, surviving it is find things you love about it and milk those things you love about it. That is so true. That is so true. Is going back to the basics with uh, giving gratitude. Uh, When I was faced with a uh, supervisor that was very controlling, I just went back to those basics of, you know what, I have to sit down and come up with 20 things that I admire Mm. about this supervisor. Otherwise, we're just going to either kill each other or one (laughs) of us will leave. (laughs) You know, and it works. And it's amazing how quickly it works when your perception of the situation changes. You suddenly have more autonomy, and it goes back to that basic gratitude. Right, right. That's and what, also, of course, the miracles is all about. That sh- the miracle is a shift in perception. Right, and when you experience that shift in perception, that shift in energy, and discover it's all me, it's like when I shift, everything shifts around me. Then it makes you a more um, powerful manifester, in my opinion, because then you you really step into your power. You begin to realize there's a lot of things I've been blaming on the outside. But if I just get my act together vibrationally on the inside, those things will, will all clear up and take care of themselves. That is yeah, such I a think. hard thing to explain to people. Are you guys having the same, uh, I guess, resistance when you bring up this 100% self-accountability with clients that are new? You know, when, when you tell them that, okay, all this stuff that is manifesting in your life right now, it's spilled milk, but you had 100% responsibility for it, and the good thing is that now you can change. Do you guys get that reaction of that resistance that, no, I didn't do this, I didn't bring the cancer, I didn't bring the accident? Oh, yeah. I even it, had it, that. It depends. It depends, too. Yeah. And that? Uh, I, is that AJ, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I even had that. I had that resistance in my own self. Last night when I thought my ex-boyfriend was acting like a jerk and I was kind of telling that little story to myself, and then my, my I came to my LOA senses and I was like, Jeanette, you've manifested him this way. And, and I didn't want to take responsibility for it. I didn't, for a minute I was like, no, he really is a jerk. But then it's like the empowerment comes from taking responsibility. So yes, I not only sometimes experience that pushback from LOA savvy clients, but also from my own self on occasion for a little while. <laughs> I usually come to my senses sooner, if not later, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's unusual, unfortunately. Um, but I think the more that we play with this, the less likely we are to believe or to buy into that, you know, someone else is doing something that we don't have anything to do with and and that game of in fact that that was another thing i i heard abraham say it so briefly in passing that it made me wonder if they've elaborated on it elsewhere but they said something like uh you know esther ran across something that she didn't want and she real quick counted up 10 things that was right about that situation and cindy you're saying it in chat room that's a better numbers game to play how many things can i find to be grateful for i love that that is it's a game changer Mm-hmm. So um, let's let's. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on some of these myths that I have here. Uh, the first one that success requires hard work. I think that's got to be one of the the most dominant 
cultural myths about what it takes to get what we want in business, let alone in other areas. Shoot, they even say it about marriages. Marriage is hard work. Um, I I think that, uh, and again, I wouldn't expect muggles to believe any differently, but conscious creators even sometimes have a hard time believing that something's going to happen when all they're doing is finding a way to manage their vibration. Like they still feel like, yeah, but shouldn't I be doing something? I'm like, yeah, it's by, it's when we manage our vibration that we're leveraging the universe, that we're leveraging the power, as Abraham would say, that creates worlds. That's where our true power lies, not in making it happen ourselves, but in in finding a way to create the alignment that allows those results to come in. And sometimes that might still involve some effort on our part, and sometimes it might not. But the magic doesn't happen until we're willing to give up that habit or routine of working hard. And having said that, I also know that hard work is um, – that's – defined differently by each of us what might be one person's idea of a big struggle is like oh my gosh i can't tell you how many people think me managing an online forum is a big pain in the butt like they would hate it they'd so much rather go meet someone in person for a cup of coffee and just talk fun things oh my you guys i was made for uh virtual reality (laughs) i was made for forums i was made for working on the internet i love it and just for someone else that would be hard work to them but for me it's pure joy so it's totally personal as to what we might experience as hard work and what another person might consider a good time Um, so that's got to be taken into account too but i think that's one of the more common myths would you guys agree yes 100 percent Hundred percent. It's I guess inspired action versus hard work. It's the easiest way for me to explain it. I know most of the things that I wanted to manifest took at times things that I may not have enjoyed doing, but knowing what comes usually makes that something that I am not only willing to do but I actually will enjoy it just because of the fact that it will take me to the next step. And I have repeatedly found that whenever I force the issue and I literally try to go against what doesn't feel good, I get slapped in the face by the universe telling me, hey, you should have waited for me to bring you something better. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Tell from the laughter that we can relate to that, AJ. You know what you're making me think of, too, is how many times, you know, when we do get uh, just frustrated from, from doing the hard work, or doing the work, even if it wasn't hard, if, if, even if it was just work, not super enjoyable, and not getting results from it, that we threw our hands up in the air in frustration and walked away from it. And that's when something amazing happened. Or like how often someone will go on vacation or t- take some sort of break from the office, and that's when good news happens. I, I, I've seen that happen often enough that I know people who actually use that as a strategy. I do it myself. After I hit publish on a newsletter or a blog post, the first thing I do is get out of the office. <laughs> so by the time I'm sitting back down to the computer, um, th- there's something positive that, have, that has unfolded from it. But if I sit there and wait, it's like those watched pots that don't boil, you know. Well um, said. Anyone else got any anything to add on how to help someone out of 
when you, when when you, say it's a conscious creator who would like to believe that it doesn't have to be hard work, but doesn't fully trust it. What advice would you guys give to that person? You know, Jeanette. Yeah, this is Nancy, and I was basically going to say, I I found for myself that it helped reading and hearing other people's stories about Mm -hmm. how that was true for them. And then I started to experience it myself. And then once I had my own experiences, as well as stories from others, it it became something that I could really, it was no longer just a cerebral concept, but something I really, truly understood. And, um, you know, I know, I've shared on uh, different calls before that I had a, a design project for a client, and I normally have about a week lead time to get the job done for the client. And I had been allowing myself to follow inspiration, but the problem was the project was due like the next day, and I still had not been inspired at all to even start the project, and it was due the following day. And so I forced myself, it was the morning, it was like, I don't know, I sat down at my desk at like 9 in the morning or something, and I forced myself to sit there to come up with an idea. And an hour later, I still was sitting there agitated and frustrated and (laughs) hadn't come up with any new idea. So I finally just gave myself permission that day to just relax and allow the great idea to come to me. And I, I literally set that intention, and then I got up, and I went for a walk, and I had lunch, and then I took a nap, and then I watched a movie, and then it was time for dinner. And just as I was finishing dinner, all of a sudden this great idea came to me, and I literally ran up the stairs to my computer and sat down and started working. It was like 6.30 at night or something. I got that entire job done in like five hours. It was done before midnight on this job, and I managed to deliver it early to the client. Yes, All and even the- I would have had t- would have had trouble trusting universe for the inspiration when I'm sitting down to dinner and I still don't have an idea. I might have I might have been to frustration at that point, Nancy. Kudos to you for not going there. You know, each time that I went and did something different and the the gremlin was saying, oh, about that project, I reinforced my intention. I'm relaxing Mm. until Mm. the great idea comes forward, and as soon as I get the great idea, I'll know it. And, And you know, yeah. You know what else, Nancy? This wasn't your first rodeo, right? Because you'd done this before. You knew you could trust it. Well, that was the first time I really had mm. something come that close. And, I mean, usually <laughs> usually I would give myself, you know, I'd meet with a client and, you know, relax on the project for about a day, and then the next day begin working on it and, and was fine. So this was the first time it had ever come that far down to the wire. Um, but I knew also the importance of being in a good place when you take action. So, you, yeah. you and have... I and I had heard another woman share a story in a book. In a book, she was talking about how she had to do cold calling, and she, <laughs> she didn't enjoy the cold calling. And she had just moved to San Francisco, and it was a gorgeous, gorgeous, sunny day outside. And she finally pulled herself away from the computer and her phone, and she went for a walk outside. And while she was outside, a man started talking to her on her walk, and uh, they got into a conversation, and then he asked her what she did. She told him, and he hired her right on the spot. So 
I, I remember that story, and that those stories like that were helpful yeah. for me. They yeah. really helped boost my own when it came to my time to be in a similar situation. And I like what you just shared, Nancy, about the relationship between relaxing into success. Mm-hmm. I think relaxing is something that, especially anyone who feels any pressure about their business succeeding or succeeding on the job, it might not be intuitive to bring relaxing to that party. AJ, were you, you bring up, in with, oh, Go ahead. Well, Nancy. I'm just going to say that real quickly that you bring up a really important point. If we're feeling pressure about our job or our business, that's a sign right there. Any kind of any kind of feeling about our job or our work that feels kinky tells us we've got a story going on that's not supporting us in some way. Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Yep, there's an opportunity to clean that up. Thanks, Nancy. AJ, were you chiming in with some thoughts on on what to say to the person who's having trouble trusting the process? Yeah, what I was uh, trying to bring up is uh, from a very recent experience, I'm working with a client that's uh, a cancer survivor and uh, is having a very hard time healing and, uh, you know, being positive. So one of the things that I wanted to mention, and in my case as well, is starting slow. You know, um, it's not normal for us because the society has dictated that in order to to succeed, you have to work hard. It's something that's ingrained in us for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, and I'm just uh, new to the law of attraction, so I'm trying to empty that, cla- you know, that glass, uh, you know, overnight. So I have to actually prove to myself that relaxing will work. And I've reached a lot of success with this customer, this client of mine, by doing small little things. We're not going to go for the, you know, home run. We're just going to go small steps one day at a time, reaching for smaller, better feelings. Um, And as they get convinced and they actually believe in the process, then they can actually trust that, okay, you know what, I'm hitting a wall. It's starting to not feel good. And the warning bells will go on a lot quicker than when, you know, Personally, myself, I'm throwing a temper tantrum because the project is not done. You know, mm-hmm. whereas I should have taken a break like two hours ago. Mm-hmm. This is a really good point. Really good point. And, and I, that served me uh, really well, especially early on in my journey. Thanks for sharing that, AJ. I have something right. to Please. share. This oh, is anything? Uh, you know, I was, I was listening to everybody, and it, it was like all of a sudden it hit me that uh, – my brother is like a an example of not working hard but having everything come so easily, and he doesn't practice LOA. Or he wouldn't call it that anyway, right? Yeah, he wouldn't call it it. But I was just thinking about his entire personality. I mean, he's the young he's the youngest. There's three of us, so he's the youngest. And of course, you know, we were taught to work very, very hard. We were told it the age of five that you're not getting anything less than a master's degree. I mean, this was ingrained into us as children mm. and, and it was always hard work. And, and my dad used to say, used to tell us that, but he did teach us to play hard too. So maybe that's where Steve picked it up because he, my dad did say, if you work really hard, then play really hard. So my brother, well, I got my doctorate degree. Then the, the middle one, um, he, he finally got to see CEO of his company. And then the little one, He's the one that became the MD. But this is the part that's interesting, is that when he finished medical school, he never worked full-time, ever. (laughs) Wow. And 
Mm-hmm. And it was like we were all like, in fact, when he turned 30, he took a year off. Who takes a year off when you turn 30? I mean, we were just like, all of us were like wondering, what the heck? He took, he, he went and traveled. <laughs> and then he came really back. And it, yeah. And, it, and then he didn't even, then he comes back. He doesn't get a full-time job. He gets a part-time job. You know but what? He he, saved, that's great. Yeah. That's amazing, Ming. And, you know, my daughter, who's 38, she just quit her job at Nike probably four months ago, and, of course, I went, you did what? You know, because it was this great job, but she's just working 60, 65 hours a week. And right now she and her boyfriend are over in Bali and Thailand for three months. And she's doing consulting <laughs> yeah. work. And, I, and she's so happy. I mean, it's the trip of a lifetime for her. So I'm really happy just, for her. Of course, I'm like, well, what are you going to do about a job when you come back? She she gets consulting gigs. She's like, I'll be fine. I'm like, oh, Yeah, okay. and get this. So get this. So he's... He's never he's never worked a full time job. He's now married. He takes naps when he feels like it. He works from home. He did work from home. He has some patients now that he sees. And just uh, a couple of months ago, he gets a phone call from a doctor in Beverly Hills and said, "I'd like to give you my entire practice." And wow. he's he's like, "What do I have to do?" Well, that's the thing. You don't have to do anything. I'm giving it to you because I don't want to lose my patients, and I think you would be great at it. So right now they're in negotiation, right? It just continues for him. Wow. So that's I, awesome. Just, yeah, that is awesome. That's a cool story, <laughs> Ming. And, 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 Nancy, it goes back to what you said about how seeing these examples, seeing others' success with it makes it easier to trust ourselves, right? We're yeah. not taking this blind leap of faith. We're seeing how this already works. Right. And I think also I want to say – when we tell our stories, it might, just like it, it triggered for Ming, an example that was already there in her life, she just hadn't realized it. And when we tell our stories, it helps others recognize where, oh, my God, that's already working. Oh, yeah, I have examples in my life already. And that reinforces it, too. Yeah, yeah, so we're not as far away from it. So the second thing I have listed on our five myths list is, Okay, yeah, that uh, goofing off isn't good for or even related to your business. Um, like, uh, I actually, the second and the third myth are pr- kind of related because the third one that I have written down here is that inspired action still has to be business related. I hear this one so often that I wrote a blog post recently on what inspired action actually is because I kept hearing from people that. They're not getting any inspiration. Yes, they're doing alignment work. They're visualizing what they want. They're feeling it in advance. They're they're um, acting as if it's a done deal, but they're not getting any inspirations. And I'm like, well, well, let's just talk about what you think an inspiration is. They were think it's the people who say that to me were thinking that inspiration is some sort of something related to their work. When truly, what inspiration is, it's anything that sounds good. It's anything that you feel called to. It's anything that's your idea of a good time, and that may not be directly, it may not look business-related, and yet this stuff is all related. And I shared the example of when I was growing my own business, the inspiration that I got more often than not was to go on a dog walk. And a lot of people, if they were defining inspiration for, for building their business as something like, oh, I got a great idea for a blog post, or oh, I got a hit to 
call so-and-so and ask them if they would interview me for such-and-such or whatever. It is. It might not always be obvious how it connects to your business, but it's everything connects to our business. Everything that we're feeling connects to every area of our life. So my inspiration to go on a dog walk, may not, it, I might not be able to explain. I can in hindsight. But at the time, I couldn't have explained why this was good for my business. But anything, inspiration, it may speak to you in a wide, wide variety of ways. And it's not that I met prospective clients on dog walks. And it's certainly not that I got these amazing ideas for newsletters while I was out walking. I believe that those dog walks were simply to recondition my vibration because I'd been burned out on corporate world and I was in no shape for bringing joy to a client's life, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so the universe kept wow. calling me over and over again, back to the canyon with the dogs for wow. some vibration rehab. <laughs> and you know, Jeanette, I think, it, I mean, I, I know everybody at GVU already knows this, but some of the new members might not know. Um, science now understands that the human heart is the largest electromagnetic generator in the body, and it can create uh, an electromagnetic field up to two miles away from the body, okay? And since we're all connected to each other vibrationally because our electromagnetic field is connecting to the electromagnetic field of the earth and it's going out, you can see how when we shift our energy into a positive place, we're more likely to be receiving positive outcomes. So by following that that inspiration that feels good in the moment, even though it, quote-unquote, doesn't make logical sense, we're putting ourselves in the path of a, a better feeling vibration, and we're sending that vibration out into the quantum field, so to speak, and other people are feeling it and responding to it, even if they don't know how or why. Mm. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I totally get I mean, I've, I've had times where I've asked, what is the best thing I can do for my business today? And the answer has been, you know, go grocery shopping. Or call a friend, which which makes no sense. But when I come back to my desk, I've got a voicemail from a potential client, or I've got an email from somebody who wants to hire me. So, and I know that when I go do those things and I do it with joy, that I'm sending out good energy out into the quantum field. You know what you're reminding me of, Nancy? Last weekend, I think it was. I And this kind of reminds me a little bit of Sophie's access consciousness work where she'll ask money what it wants from her. But um, I, I just had an inspiration to ask my business what it wanted from me. And, and, it said, and this was like, I don't know if it's Friday or Saturday, but it said, get out, go have some fun, quit worrying about us. Like kind of like the way parents would with the same tone, like telling the kids to get out of the house so they could have some alone time to themselves. The 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 answer I got was seriously don't think about this <laughs> go do something fun uh, which I did and then um, and then this weekend I had a completely different inspiration from it like it's to to check in with what it wants was kind of a fun process because uh, it I, it isn't necessarily the same thing that I would have come up with my own self but it does feel like another way to access inspiration. Um, so number four on my top five myths list is, ooh, I'd like to hear what you guys think about this one, uh, that if you want it bad enough, you're going to suffer through those bad times, right, because everyone's got to pay their dues. I want to say that 
I think sometimes um, I've, I even still fall for that one myself when I feel like, uh, and it might not be necessarily business related, but sometimes even when I think about doing the vibrational work, I think this is this is the price you have to pay. And I, not that it's hard, because I know anything that's hard. Unhappy journeys don't have happy endings. That's the tip I have on this myth that's important for us to remember. But, like, if I want something to manifest in my life, I feel like I have to put in the vibrational work. I have to do the alignment, the effort to create alignment to it in order to expect results. And I know that that alignment is not effective if it feels like work. Anything that is, um, it's, if it feels uphill or upstream, it is not taking me where I want to go. But I'd love to uh, hear from you guys on that myth that, especially when it comes to work or business, it, just like Ming was talking about with her brother, you know, like how insane everyone would think it is that you graduate and then when you hit 30 and you go take a year off. <laughs> like, no, this is the time in your life that you're supposed to work, that you lay down the foundation for the success you're building in the future. Yeah, sometimes if you want it bad enough, it's really not supposed to happen for you right now, and something better is coming. You know, I wanted to explore that. I, I actually put six things on my five-item list, AJ, and number six was that it takes time, that you have to respect the rhythm or the cycle of things. And we even hear that in conscious creation world. Someone posted a question recently about, or maybe it was in private email to me, but someone was asking, do you believe in divine timing or do you believe anything could happen now? Like, Because Abraham says if you were in alignment to it, you would have it right now. There's no such thing as it takes time. The only thing time it takes is for you to get in alignment. But I know that even in the – was it the secret or what the bleep where they use the analogy of, you know, you plant a seed and you've got to wait for it to grow. You can't be digging it up immediately thinking you should have results there. You've got to be patient. That's that's conscious creation material there, you guys. So I'd like to elaborate on what AJ just brought up. What do you guys think? Well, a lot of it is is the denying that feeling better is part of the manifestation process. Mm-hmm. We're that's looking for the tangible results that we mm-hmm. can hold in our hot little hands, and we're not giving any real credence to the fact that we feel better. Mm-hmm. Which is the whole point of all of it anyway, right? Like That's, that's the, right. The whole <laughs> to be able to remember that, I actually use that when I'm writing vibration prescriptions for people. I know that what it, what, if they're doing the alignment work and they feel better in that process, that this is going to – it's already successful, and that success will continue to perpetuate itself as long as they continue to feel good or do whatever was helping them feel good. Exactly, and not allow themselves to de- – to get derailed simply because the physical, tangible manifestation has not come into their reality yet. Mm -hmm. Hang on to the fact that it is already a reality and you are in process of lining up with it. I think also, yeah, I think also it helps to remember where you focus. For instance, I know this has nothing to do with jobs or work, but when I was envisioning having solar panels on my roof, 
I loved the idea of it. The idea of standing in front of my unit and looking up and seeing that there were solar panels on my roof and it was generating all the electricity for my whole place, it just it felt great. But as soon as I focused on the money, it freaked me out. So I had to train myself to put the subject of the money to the side and focus solely and completely on the part that, that felt good. And it was it it took some effort, and I actually ended up recording a CD that I I listened to at night that was programming my mind to focus solely and completely on the um the the part of the story that I liked. So even if we're getting to a place where we understand that feeling good matters, if there's part of the story that doesn't feel good, we need to learn how to deal with that as well. You know, you're making me think of another item for this list, Nancy, and that one being that, because I love how you were able to compartmentalize and just focus on the parts that did feel good, skipping that part that didn't. You're making me think about the people who, there's some aspect of their business or their job that they love, and then there's an aspect that they don't love. And they're like, well, you got to take the good with the bad. Or you just got to, you know, grin and bear it. This is a requirement in order to do it. You you know, there's no way around it. Conscious creators know otherwise. And and I think we can have a lot of approaches to that, um, even if it's just to find a way to change our experience of this aspect that we might not love. But uh, I'm also a big fan of outsourcing. I'm a big fan of questioning the belief that it's required. Um, taxes come to mind, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, who else has got some thoughts for us today on our on our subject for spring fever and questioning when that joy will really truly take us where we want to go with our business? Well, I have a couple of takes on that time requirement um, because of the fact that I'm all over the place with my desires. Uh, I have learned that uh, the time for me personally is necessary to actually become clear on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally agree with uh, what Abraham says. If I was in line with what I wanted, it would happen instantaneously. But I am actually grateful that the things that I want do not happen instantaneously because there would be chaos. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I hear you. You know, so, but at the time, also there are times when I realize uh, that these universal laws were put in place by a creator that actually understands my future a lot better because they're coming with that totality of the energy, like the teachers that the Abraham represents. But I am only manifesting a portion of my energy into this physical form. So I have a limited understanding of what is best for me. So sometimes you just have to leave it to all the, you know, all the teachers to kind of guide you to what is best for you. You know, I so appreciate that, AJ. In fact, what you're you're making me remember um, my own experience in house hunting. I I was house hunting like two years ago, and what I was looking for then, I made an offer on a couple places that I that was. I wasn't fully excited about like it wasn't I wasn't all in. I was like, yeah, this is I could make this work. But it wasn't woohoo, got to have it kind of energy. But um so I didn't buy anything 2 years ago, 
and then this most recent time, once I started house hunting again, I'm looking for something totally different. What I was looking for then has, and it wasn't that long ago, but what I realize I want now is I want a little more room in order to take in some senior foster dogs, like as a sort of retirement home. So the, the place that I'm looking at, I need a little more room, fewer neighbors, place that's maybe zoned for animals in a way that you might not find in the heart of the city. And I got to say that I appreciate that in hindsight, I can appreciate that I didn't buy one of those other places because I'm not a person who likes to move a whole bunch. <laughs> so I wouldn't have wanted to be just moved into a brand new place and then realize, oh, this isn't really going to accommodate what I really want to do with my life. So to be able to celebrate, and I don't, whether we call it divine timing or just giving ourselves uh, a little more room to get clear, I, I think clarity really was what resonated with me with what you shared there, AJ. Thanks for that. Cindy, how about you? Any any thoughts from you on our subject today? Oh, well, I, I just, I love the idea, and I'm glad that you brought it up, of not, of inspired action not having to be something that's directly connected to the work you do in your business. And even though I know that, like one of my favorite stories, and I've been trying to remember who told it, but um, I think it might have been Victoria Castle, but I, I can't remember for sure. But it was kind of the same story of a time when she, you know, she had two really big clients that were just keeping her busy, and while she was working for them, she did not, you know, continue going out and looking for more clients to kind of be there when this job ended, and then something terrible happened, and the whole thing kind of fell through, and suddenly she was without <laughs> any income, and, you know, it's just one of those kind of very pressurized situations, and she was trying to figure out how to make it all work and what to do, and and her dog kept nudging her to go outside after like all day in the office, not accomplishing anything, just not being in a good place. The dog kept nudging her to go outside, nudging her to go outside. And this might have been like, you know, a week or two into it. So she finally went outside and the dog didn't want to come back in. It just wanted to play. It wanted to play. So she finally just said, you know, hell with it. I'm just going to play with the dog. Nothing's happening anyway. And of course, during that hour of running around laughing and playing in the grass with the dog, you know, she got a phone call out of the blue with somebody that was hiring her. And even though I know that, sometimes I still am looking for the inspired action that's connected to my business. Mm -hmm. um, I'll find myself, you know, it's like, yeah, I know how to take inspired action. Of course I do. And then I'll start looking for it. What feels good, but I'm still, my focus is still what feels good to do today in the office around my business or whatever. Um mm. And so it's a great reminder to remember just what feels good, period. Amen. Just what, fact, what feels good now. You know what's helped me trust that even more, Cindy, is for me to get even more clear about my definition of success, which isn't just, you know, uh, how many people are you impacting, um, how much money are you making, but it's how much fun are you having? Like, are you enjoying this? It, when I measure that as a sign of success, then it's not, it's not, uh, it's a lot easier for me not to question the inspiration that says, ooh, let's go pruning in the backyard. <laughs> I just went to master gardening class. That might sound like strange fun to some of you, but um, it was just complete joy for me. I learned, I learned how to prune no, properly. 
I have a ton of things on my list of success. I mean, I think one of the things on my list of success is that I sleep until I wake up every day. <laughs> right on. Me, you and me both. No alarms. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, I I think that all of those things need to factor in to what we're creating. It's like most of the time if I start looking, you know, there's a payoff anyway, right? It's like what is the payoff for this thing going the way it's going right now? Um, and a lot of times it's something like that. So I think that the inspired action, I mean, it's just brilliant to be able to remember that it doesn't have to be some job-related or work-related or client-related or, you know. Say, or even something obvious on how to monetize. You inspired me in such a huge way that I wrote you and I said, oh, my gosh, we should totally do this. And we're having fun with it. We're having fun with this thing that probably if we looked at our business plans, I don't know if it would have an obvious home in it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know, like, but it just has to because it's so much fun, and that's so the thing, right? <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Exactly. And as long as I'm having fun, I'm a winner. I, I Remembering that makes it a lot easier to me, for me to trust whatever sounds good. And it's not hard to be able to connect the dots in hindsight how um, how well it serves to live that way. Well, I think I that say, most of us have been brought up for, from the time, you know, I think Ming said that when they were five, they they already knew they had to get a master's degree. How many of us our whole life have been taught these things that we're, mm-hmm. you know, proclaiming to be myths on the call today, right, that you mm-hmm. have to work hard, that you have mm-hmm. to spend a certain amount of time, that you have to pay your dues. I mean, it's not like we just heard that once. Right. We've all That's heard true. it over right. and over, so no wonder it's kind of, you know, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that, Cindy. Any final thoughts from Ming, Julie, Guillaume, Nancy, AJ? Anyone else got anything for us before we wrap up our call today? This yeah, was perfect like, for me. Thank you. Oh, I'll say one more thing. This is Ming. Thanks, Ming. I, I, um, I like the, stick, the thing that you and I used to say, that we always get paid no matter what. It just kind of was running through my head, you know, just now. It doesn't matter, you know, what it is that we're doing or whatever, but the universe always pays us. And I think that's what's the last couple of weeks that's been happening to me. It's like, don't worry about the clients. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. And then they just start coming or they'll, you know, it's just, it's just the universe mm-hmm. just, just will, you know. Responding to our relaxing about it, right? Instead of letting pressure ruin our yes. vibration, you know, having tension or anxiety be our dominant vibe. Yes, exactly. In fact, while we're on this call right now, I see an email come flying through on, Ming, I need some, I need your help, and if you can do this, I will pay you right now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and this is, this is Nancy in the chat. Ming was saying that she loves how this is a business call, but we're all talking about what gives us joy and doing that, <laughs> and that it's not business-related. And I replied and said, well, it's life-related which makes it business and career related too. I think we forget that our vibe is 24-7. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't just about how you're feeling in your job or in your business. It's how you're feeling and how you train your well, vibration throughout the day. Nancy, that's why I used to, when I was dating, and if things were going south and I wasn't having fun, I would explain to my date or my boyfriend, I cannot afford to not have fun with you. <laughs> like that. I mean, I might be willing to have a bad time with you, but I'm not willing to sacrifice my business success over this. Like, that matters to me too much that if if we can't find a way to have fun, I'm not doing it because 
my business depends on it. I, I, they, I really, I, oh. I'm not proud of how strong my commitment was to thriving in business than it was thriving in relationships, which just goes to show how much more time I should spend with Cindy before I attempt to do that again. But, <laughs> uh, but boy, I, sh- I wasn't willing to have a, ba- I wasn't, just the same way that, you know, when I was leaving that foster, the adoption fair, and I was starting to tell a story about how I didn't like how the adoption coordinators, I didn't think they were good at screening for potential adopters. And I was starting to tell a little story about how bad they were at it. And I had just left my kittens there. And and I caught it, and I was like, you cannot afford to keep telling the story that puts your kittens at risk. Like I had huge incentive for my kittens, for my business, to think better thoughts. I'd like to have that same sort of commitment to all aspects of my life, my body, my relationships. But when it comes to business, I am um, I really do like to I really like to cultivate success there. I'm a rising Capricorn, so it's kind of natural for me to pay attention to this. In in chat, uh Guillaume wrote joy is our business. Mm-hmm. And I I agree. It really is. Mhm. Yep, it's attractive. Lovely. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation with you guys. I think it's helping reinforce the things for me that I know and that I do practice, um, maybe even on large occasion. But I think these sorts of conversations help reinforce it to make it even easier to practice in the future. So thanks for sharing all your thoughts and stories, you guys. Super, super helpful. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Thanks, Jeanette. Jeanette. Thank you. All right, go enjoy National Napping Day now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Thank you. Bye. I'm going to watch the X Files. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. Big love. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.